It is December 11th, and you're listening to Audio Advent. Welcome back. We are in Matthew chapter 1, and here to prove to you that even parts of the Bible that seem boring might be more interesting than you think. Have you ever heard of the curse of Jeconiah? Case in point, we're going to look at the genealogy of Jesus through his adopted and legal father, Joseph. So we begin in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac fathered Jacob. Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Aram. Aram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered King David. David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. Solomon fathered Rehoboam. Rehoboam fathered Abiah. Abiah fathered Asa. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat fathered Joram. Joram fathered Uzziah. Uzziah fathered Jotham. Jotham fathered Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Hezekiah. Hezekiah fathered Manasseh. Manasseh fathered Amon. Amon fathered Josiah. And Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Shealtiel. Shealtiel fathered Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel fathered Abiad. Abiad fathered Eliakim. Eliakim fathered Azor. Azor fathered Zadok. Zadok fathered Echim. Echim fathered Eliud. Eliud fathered Eleazar. Eleazar fathered Methan. Methan fathered Jacob. And Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Well, I'm sure I mispronounced a dozen or more of those names, but that's not so important. What is important are some of the critical details that Matthew includes in this long list. Now, it's true that in our society, the concept of a genealogy, especially going back more than a couple generations, just doesn't seem all that important to us. See, in America, we value the underdog, the unknown, the obscure person coming out of some state of unimportance, rising above his peers, conquering by merit and hard work. But you see, in the ancient world, especially in this place in Israel, a great value was put on your personal pedigree. That is, what family did you come from? And whose family did they come from? What tribe are you from? You'll see later on people like Paul, the apostle, telling those who were listening that he was from the tribe of Benjamin. One other surely interesting fact of history is that today there just aren't any of these pedigrees for Jews going back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's because in about 70 AD, the Romans came in, destroyed the city of Jerusalem, burned up all the buildings and all the records. That means all of the genealogies, the ancient ones. That is, of course, except for two. Two very important genealogies, two lists. 
Somehow, in our Bibles, 2,000 years later, we have a list of names going from Joseph all the way to Abraham in Matthew chapter 1, and another list in Luke chapter 3, going from Mary's family all the way back to Adam himself. So how is it that we have these two very specific genealogies whenever every one of his contemporaries seemingly lost theirs in the fires, in the floods, in the siege, and then the destruction by Rome? Well, the answer is simple. Because the pedigree of Jesus was considered valuable to Christians and spreading the good news was also important, decades before Rome had come in, Christians had already spread outside of Jerusalem into surrounding regions, even to faraway places, bringing with them, of course, all of the writings that they could collect that had to do with Jesus. This would have included the list of his ancestry. So it is very interesting that all the other records are destroyed, all the genealogies except for those that pertain to the Messiah himself, to Jesus. But today we're just focusing on the first list, the one in Matthew chapter 1. And there are a couple of things to consider. One, like I mentioned before, is the curse of Jeconiah. But before we go there, let's first observe that this list is neatly divided into three groups of 14. How could this be the case? Is it just a pure coincidence? No, not exactly. The author here is dividing them up in a certain way because of the Hebrew poetic nature. In fact, someone observed a long time ago that the Hebrew name of David, having three letters, corresponds to the three groups in this list of Jesus' ancestry. But that's really not the important part. The important part are some of the names on the list. For example, we notice Rahab. In verse 5, it says, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Now, wait a second. Rahab? That was the pagan prostitute in the city of Jericho. Why is she mentioned here? Or the very next phrase where it says, Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Now, Ruth wasn't an Israelite either. She was just a Moabites who had married into a family of Israel. But then when her husband died, she was able, because of Naomi's effort, to marry again into the family when she married Boaz. Now, what does all this mean? Traditional ancient Middle Eastern, specifically Jewish lists of names, they wouldn't include or emphasize the females, the women, especially those who are not Jewish. But the list here goes out of its way to point out not just one, but multiple women here, women of questionable origin, which tells us a lot about the nature of God's compassion on those who seem to be far away from him. He often, through the ancient prophets, speaks about how he is with the lowly, the oppressed, the brokenhearted. And we see evidence of that here in the list. It's sort of ironic that the Jew who would be so invested in his own pedigree and his own religious and blood connection to those sons of David and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that the most important pedigree of all demonstrates that God is concerned more about faith, more about humility and the heart of a person than who they're related to. But let's go to one final point. Why is this list even important at all? If Jesus is not really a son of Joseph, then what does it matter? Well, the answer is important. Even though Jesus was not biologically related to Joseph, he was the legal and adopted son of Joseph. Joseph was called by the angel in the dream, a son of David, and here you see demonstrated 
that his ancestry does indeed go back to David. In fact, specifically, it goes back to David through David's son, Solomon. That means it goes through the royal line, the heirs to the throne. So apparently, Joseph was a legal heir to the throne of Judah and Israel. Now, he was a poor carpenter in a small village, but that's beside the point. He had the legal right. By adopting Jesus, Jesus would then have been able to inherit that legal right to the throne of David to become the king of Israel, except there was a problem. And that's what I mentioned earlier called the curse of Jeconiah. You heard his name mentioned from verse 11 and following. It says, And Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. There's an important chronological reference. You see, this was the time when the kingdom of Judah was taken captive by a pagan nation called Babylon. During this time, Judah's king, Jeconiah, was so wicked that God renounces any alliance with Jeconiah and proverbially takes his ring off his finger to show that Jeconiah has no right to the throne anymore. In fact, it says in strong language that none of Jeconiah's descendants would sit on the throne of Israel. This was a curse, a curse that rabbis contemplated for many years because it was promised elsewhere by God to David that his sons would always sit on the throne. So how could a son of David sit on the throne but bypass this curse of Jeconiah? Well, the answer is a virgin birth, a boy who would be biologically disconnected from the bloodline of Jeconiah, but legally inheriting the right to rule. Now it says in Luke chapter 3 that Mary was also related to David, but not through Solomon and therefore not through Jeconiah. So Jesus in his blood was related to David and in his legal right was related to David through Solomon. Ah, the marvelous wit and wisdom of our creator. Outsmarting again the rabbis of old, all those who stand on high hills with thick glasses thinking they can look down their noses at those less than them. The elite among us, who with pride lift themselves up, denouncing all the things of God and the things of this gospel. Here we see God having the last laugh. There was in fact a son born, a son of David. And he didn't have the curse, but he did have the right to rule. And that is King Jesus. Like one old preacher said, that's my king. Do you know him? <laughs>